welcome to an exciting episode of Best of Five, a weekly fighting game talk show. Tonight on the show, we'll spend an hour and a half talking about Capcom Connect. No, but that will be on later tonight. That will be on later tonight. In fact, if you stay on Twitch for at least the next like four or five or maybe even six hours, I'm not entirely sure, you will have watched our show. Then you can watch Ultra Chen, which comes on immediately after that. And as soon as you're done with Ultra Chen, you're like, damn, I could go for a nightcap. Capcom Connect comes on. Unsung Hero, shoutouts. Thank you for the sub. Shoutouts to Efren. It was his birthday this week. Yesterday, in fact. He turned uh, 50. 50. I'm 50 years old now, guys. Um, you already knew that. That's not true. Um, but this is how I feel about <laughs> that comment. This is how I feel about your comment. Whenever you're ready, Elon. God, such a good gift. That's a pretty good gift, am I right, guys? I, I like the actual, like, half-assed handshake there. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, caresses he does, like, touches his, his palm. Yeah, yeah he touches his, his ring. Let's see it one more time here. Here we go. Like, here you go, asshole. Fine. <laughs> oh, I didn't even close like a Venus flytrap and missed his mark. I think Nemo won that. He won that round. Even though he lost? Even though he lost. I think he won the handshake round. Well, welcome to Best of Five. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a weekly FTC talk show. I'm a friend. This is Michael Donka, brother to Donka Dillis Schiller. That's a, not true. <laughs> and joined as always is Ace. I wish it was true. He just goes by Ace now. It's not Steve. Do I? It's not Ace King Offsuit. His last name is no longer Jurek. It's just Ace. And I'm vamping here until Homeboy can get it ready. All right. Hey, Ace. Hi. You're officially Ace now because last week you're like, well, if we go by alphabetical order, I should go first. And we're like, your name is Steve. Yeah, you're you like, get like the oh, first no, Ace. lunch in elementary school. Ace yeah. King Offsuit is still ahead of all of you in terms of alphabetical order. You don't have to shorten it. It's just there. Yeah, but it's also not your name. And we are joined by John Velociraptor Guerrero. He writes for Event Hubs. He interviews Mike Ross and doesn't tell his friends until we're live on the show. He keeps it under his hat, and he's also a nice guy. He's John. Thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Hey, John. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys? Hey, bro. Right off the bat, what kind of reception did you get to that interview? Well, um, it got about five times as many uh, downloads as any other podcast we did. So our, our next highest downloaded podcast, five times below that. So uh, it, it went off pretty well. Um, but what about like uh, the reception to it as far as like commentary on it or... Um... Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, uh, most people were just happy to hear Mike talk again, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, it, and, and everyone kind of knew that that was coming. Um, and then there was a lot of people that said, man, he sounds pretty down. And then I got a lot of text messages from people from around the FGC saying stuff like, I really hope he, he sounds pretty sad. I really hope he gets back on his feet soon. Um, in, in like a new light, you know, kind of mm -hmm. like rejoins things at a capacity that's, that's healthier for him and his stride, but that he, that he does something because, um, it sounded like he needs to. So everyone's everyone's very much pulling for Mike Ross. Everyone's just happy to hear from him and wishes him the best. And that was by far the biggest kind of theme that came from the uh, the reactions to it. Yeah. Well, I was glad to hear it. And once again, thank you. If you haven't heard it, go check that out on eventhub.com podcast page. Brought to you by John Velociraptor Guerrero, eventhub.com. All right. Um, like we always do, we'll have a recap of this weekend's, the past weekend's events. Results. Hey, who won? Who's up? Who's down? Any points? We're getting real close to the end of that Capcom Pro Tour season. How are you feeling about that? 
Feeling feeling good. I mean, like, there's actually moves to be made. I mean, it may be the most exciting season yet on that front, which is cool to see. Mm -hmm. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to put you on the spot, Steve, but you're going to do a deep dive into some of the Tekken standings, which is what everybody was asking for. Oh, yeah, we're heading into the home stretch. We're down to four events left, so that's starting to take some real shape, and we'll jump into that a little later. Just as a general aside, like, for as much, like, I, I still don't like a lot of the ranking events don't count for as much stuff, but the one thing they did a lot better this year was definitely the regional finals and the, the idea that people from different regions are actually going to get in that way, I think, is making people happy. And, you know, we've already seen a success story with Big Bird winning the European finals uh, and, and kind of being an unlikely... Angry Bird. Angry Bird, sorry. Angry Bird <laughs> winning the... Uh, Angry Bird with his Zeku <laughs> winning the European finals. Hey, was it you that was telling me that Angry Bird is Big Bird's brother? No. No, it wasn't you? No. Right before the show, it wasn't you? It was Angry Bird. I don't think it's racist if it's handles, right? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, good. <laughs> Nobody was thinking that, but uh, shout out to Anonymous. I won't say good it this job. time. Good job. I was waiting to see if you did it or not. No, I wouldn't mess it up a second time. Only two. But yes. that we've only done twice. Angry Bird made it through via the European Regional Finals. It was cool. He probably wasn't going to make it in through points, so I like that that system has really started to work out. Okay. So, uh, Steve, do you have a recap for us or what? I do, and it's quite sizable because there was a lot that happened. Uh, talking about the end of races, uh, we're getting into the beginning of a race. The oh my god, really? That was so good. Like, <laughs> like what a transition! Like you face that potentially super offensive joke, and you just hit it head on and transition to the. Go ahead, Steve. I don't. I, don't, I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking was about the end perfect. of the Super Bowl Tour race and the Capcom Pro Tour race. But we're talking about the beginning of. Don't make me arc. feel any worse than I already do, Steve. Just go ahead. We're talking about the beginning of the Arc Revo World Tour that kicked off at uh, Revolution in London this past weekend. And it was a good weekend for Europe because they took all three titles uh, in the series. Shenzo from France came over and got the Exer title over King Rasta. Uh, you had Dragon Lord do the thing in Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Uh, taking it over Nezu of Japan, which was a pretty, you know, you expect Japanese players to come over and just dominate, and that wasn't the case. Uh, so Dragon Lord took Central Fiction, and then uh, Lord Spectre X closing out the night with a win in cross tag battle over D Blanks in an all UK grand final. So those three players have clinched spots in the Arc Re Arxis World Tour Finals. All three of them are also getting a bonus trip to Arc Revo Japan later this year. Neat. Um, let's kick it over to the Tekken World Tour because there was uh, the second weekend of events in that game. Uh, pretty, you know, there there's... A lot of people who were on the bubble, and I'll dive deeper into this later, uh, but it was a good weekend for Nobi, someone who really needed the points in East Asia. It was a good weekend for Book, uh, who was getting a little close to that uh, cutoff for comfort. And Fergus, huge, huge win for him because he's been bouncing up and 
up and down around that cutoff. So very vital win for him. Uh, if we take a look at the global standings off of that, and you see that there's still eight players who have officially clinched. Anakin, very, very close. Good chance he will uh, lock it up after this next weekend, uh, TXT. Uh, but you see Crazy Akuma and Take, or Super Akuma and Take, excuse me, tied for those final two spots. And Dimeback, you know, 90 points back, but still within striking distance. So that is going to be a very interesting race over the final few events. Uh, we can kick it over to the Injustice Inter Intercontinental Championship, the final qualifier for that. Uh, familiar names up top, Foxy Grandpa and Disney taking first and second. They are the two players who qualify for the Intercontinental Championship. So they will uh, join Dubasic, Gilbags, K-Top, Shark Teeth, Techmaster, and Waz this weekend in Austria. Uh, the winner of that event will make it to the Injustice Pro Series Finals in Chicago. Uh, there was also a bunch of CPT action going on, two events. Uh, the first one was the final online event in Asia and also the final event before the Asia Regional Finals at uh, Southeast Asia Major. Uh, so Oil King taking an opportunity to... Uh, pick up some momentum, getting the win over Fujimura in the grand final. Uh, Gachikun and Nemo uh, rounding out the top four. All of those guys getting the big chunks of points were guys already in uh, qualifying position for Capcom Cup, so no one out in Asia really to, able to make a big jump. Really those damn one percenters. Interesting like note just from that is that Oil King, despite Rashid being nerfed pretty pretty heavily, in season 3.5 has really hit his stride since then. And I think it goes a lot to show that like, despite some character disparity, the game's a lot more balanced than people would like to say. And Rashid's still stupid. And he's still good. Yeah. Rashid is clearly still good. I mean, obviously we have Rashid in first and third in this tournament and he's managed to make waves and win several, several CPT events since then. So really good, really good character and oil King, obviously a good player. His improvement as a player seems to have done more than Rashid's nerfs. And he's getting hot. Why do I have the hat? Uh, you know, in, in Steve sports. Steve just turned 51, by the way. Yep. Oh, wow. The old man of the show. Uh, but you talk about people getting hot at the right time. Uh, you have Oil King, who just won a premiere not too long ago, now picks up a second win. You know, he's someone... And if he does really well at Southeast Asia Major, you know, even if if he even wins that, you know, maybe he's the guy to watch. Maybe he's he's the favorite going into uh, Capcom Cup. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but speaking of Southeast Asia Major, let's take a look at the Asia regional standings. Uh, like I said, this was the final event before that open premiere uh, at Southeast Asia Major. The five names in green, Chuan, Tokido, Sien, Fujimura, and Sako, all guaranteed to be in that uh, eight-player uh, final on Sunday. Uh, Gachi-kun and NL in strong position. Fudo in danger. Got 40 points of buffer, but if uh, 
if one of those, if Oil King does well, you know, if he makes top three, he can pass Fudo in those standings and sneak into that final. Now, so, if now, correct me if I'm wrong, are any of those players not currently kind of in points wise in the CPT? Uh, Chuan. Chuan. Now, so would Chuan automatically qualify then if it was that eight for the CPT if, finals? If Chuan wins, he's in. Oh, if he if loses. He, Okay, we'll keep going. Yeah, if he does not win the final, it it comes down to global points. So oh, global he would have points. To, okay. Yeah. So he could, you know, if he. I thought for some reason it went down the regional ladder, but I it, guess no. Not. It go, yeah, it goes down the global ladder, but it goes to the next person on the uh, global leaderboard. Hey, Steve, we have a little yes. bit of confusion here. We're looking at the regional standings. <clears throat> These points are based on what? People are saying Oil King just won 150. Why does it say 111? And certainly Fudo has more than 150 total, right? Yeah. Why did I, did I just not update him? Uh, uh, if you look here, Oil King is ranked ninth at 111 points. Okay. You know what? Take that graphic down because I did something goofy. So Oil King should have 206. Well, there might be more errors than that, so I don't know. You done yeah. goofed. You um, done goofed, Steve. Well, that's sad. I, I kind of thought I it was going to be the, the next flu. person in the region. I had the flu this past weekend, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. what I am blaming John, Steve. how do you feel about Steve's performance so far? I'd prefer not to comment on it because this is somewhat a family show, and the things I have to say would not be appropriate. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's kind of how I feel, to be honest. All right. Um, is the overall ranking, Steve, uh, up to date? Uh, yeah, but there was one other event uh, on the CPT. Uh, Fighting Fest in uh, the Dominican Republic, and it was a name that we haven't seen on the top of a bunch of results sheets uh, this year. MenRD getting the win over Doomsnake. Oh, my God. Did you guys watch this grand final? I did. I was so happy Vega didn't win. I was, oh, my God. It was like music. Because <laughs> then what would have been your excuse? God, it was so good. Like, oh, man. I but was does a Vega have any right making it this far? No, tournament. he doesn't have any right making it that far. It's all that doom. So how did, how did that happen? Let's take a second because Vega is one of those three, four characters that people are like, that character just is so bad. And let's classify John is a Vega killing expert. Yeah. Having yeah, beaten the greatest Vega in the world the last time they fought. Only because I had Steve behind me. But no, uh, uh, how do you, uh, what do you chalk this up to? Is it chance? Is it luck? Is it just Doomsnake's so Doomsnake's really good. good. He's definitely really good. It was, uh, I mean, let's look at the top. Can we look at the leaderboard again? Just like right day, right time for him? Um, I think there, I mean, there's a lot of characters in that top eight that are like less, you, you know. Wait, you got wait. a Fang up there. I know an Alex. Uh, I think, who did the Alex beat earlier in the tournament? Someone. There's a Dalsim up there. It was a... Uh, I think a lot of regional events kind of have better character representation overall than more national and international events just because of the nature of having less players playing those top-tier characters. So I think that adds to it, but Doomsnake did well. Yeah, and it's not like he, he scrubbed his way through. He beat uh, Lilo, who's been doing well. He beat Louie Man, and he beat Hochi. So it's not, it wasn't easy. And he should have bet, beat Mena. He was... He had five match points he he won the first two games of of grand finals he went up the first round in the first game lost the next two in the second game he, he, he won the first round lost the next two he 
it, it was, was a very so obvious set of circumstances where he got nervous when he was on the brink. He kept going for very risky plays to end the games, like command grabs when he was winning by a lot. And Mena just consistently kept picking the option that would beat the end the game now option from uh, from Doomsnake. And so Mena, Mena played around the circumstances and did that very well. A Doomsnake, of course, as he said, probably. if he, if, I think if he had stayed mentally stronger for that grand finals, he would have won. Are you inspired to come back, Vega? Full on? Not even a little bit, no. Renaissance? <laughs> Not like He got like his so classic costume, dude. Renaissance? Wouldn't that mean he had an era in the first place? Are we oh, talking about Donker or the character Vega? I'm talking about Vega. Oh. Um, yeah, he? season one, best top tier character in the game. Donka had a Donka had a good time like back in the day. Now he just looks like a beat up version of himself. Yeah, season one, dude. <laughs> All right. So, uh, looking at the global standings, which are right, or at least should be right, mm -hmm. not a whole <laughs> lot of movement uh, because Mena uh, was already in. And he was the guy who took the biggest chunk of points. Uh, the race for the final few spots tightening up. Uh, Dogura has it right now, but Akainu just eight points back. And then you've got Mago, Momi, and Punk all within striking distance. Momi, though, will have to go to another region to pick up points because Europe is in the clubhouse. Now explain this to me the... one more time, Steve. So if someone who already is in Capcom Cup by points wins the Asia Regional Finals, Mago would get the spot or just the next person on the global standings? It's the next person from that Okay, region. so it would be Mago so right now. It would be, yeah, Mago. Okay. Obviously, that can change depending on how the rest of results go. Like if Dogra gets knocked out because someone does well at the North American Final, then Dogra would, would stay ahead. But... I don't uh, understand why it wouldn't be Chuan, but that's a topic for a different day. Yeah. <laughs> with, um, with Angry Bird being qualified in spot 52, then that means that as far as we'll, we'll throw away regional points for the time being, as far as what we're seeing in front of us right now, does that mean, like, who's the cutoff? Who on this list right now is on the bubble and not making it into Capcom Cup if it happened today? It would be... Uh, a Kainu okay. at 27 as of right now. And then it could, it would be the next, there would be three more players who qualify beyond that 27, whether it's the winner of the regional finals uh, in the other three regions or the next person up. If it's someone like uh, Daigo or a problem or not a problem, Mike, excuse me, uh, Gachikun who wins. That that shines a lot of light on like Akainu's situation at the the European Regional Finals, and it's like you got to feel bad for him. He did all the work. He made it all the way to the finals. If anyone else had won, other than Angry Bird, he would probably be in Capcom Cup. And Momi too, because yeah. I mean, you remember he was in. It wasn't as many uh, match point situations, but he had Luffy on the ropes in that first day. And if he gets that, then all of a sudden he's at 900. He's in the top 20. He, he's sitting pretty pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So, so close for two of those players, but they still have a chance for sure. Yeah. Kind of. One other thing. Uh, well, go ahead and finish your thought here. But before no, we no, move you, on this, you go ahead, you go ahead. We can look back at the graphic really quick. Um, someone in the chat asked how many Americans are in top 
32. Uh, I actually am thinking about how many Americans are qualified right now, and I think the answer to that is three, Justin, Du, and then Chris T. And I wanted to ask, do you guys think that those are the top three American players right now? Obviously, points-wise, they are, but... It, uh, Justin and Du, for sure. The third yeah, spot... Yeah, but is Chris T a top three player in America right now? That's a valid He'd be right, right there. I mean, he certainly... I mean, he'd, be, he'd obviously be in the discussion. He's proved that he should be up there. Chris T? Yeah, uh, but it's hard to say. I don't think it's as locked in as Justin and Dew would be. Yeah, he, he's he's close enough where you can't really argue against him, but he's the person who's probably played the system the best. And I don't mean that as an insult, like he's not supposed to get in there or anything. But he's, you know, he's going oh, to those to other America regions. He's, yeah. he's doing the things you have to do All right, Steve. to get into the field. And... <laughs> You know, other people are going to complain, but that's what you, that's what you got to do. Really, really quick question of the day for the four of us: Is Chris T better than Punk? Dunker. I mean, we're talking about average days right versus now. best days right here. Now. Um, I think if your argument is who's going to make it further in Capcom Cup, I'd give it to Punk. So if that's going to be what we're talking about here, I would talk about Punk. I would say Punk's better, but Chris right, T I... definitely better on average this season. Yeah, I would say if if the match was right now, I would go, I'd I'd put my money on Punk, but I wouldn't bet the farm on it. Efron, I put my entire mind, body, and soul on Christy. Just because you're trolling everyone, or, or is there a reason? Put money on it, right now. Uh, all right. First you to know, ten, um, Christy versus Punk. Christy wins it. Especially as like someone that I, I played with a lot and, and sort of like a, a, a colleague, Street Fighter colleague, if you will, from back in the Super Arcade days, there's a lot of competition between Chris T and I, just like, well, from my side at least. So like there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to see that guy do good because, you know, he's doing better than me or whatever. Everyone has that stuff. With that, I will still say I think he's better than Punk right now. I think that he's Fair. been on a very hot streak. I think that from what I've been seeing out of his play, it's like, and it's with Ken. It's like, hey, I can't, I can't deny it. And I'll remind everyone that he's a whiny baby on Twitter. But <laughs> hey, he's, he's better than Punk right now. And I think that it's fair to say he's top three in in America. Yeah, I, I don't think that's an absurd position to have. He's ridiculously good. Punk's ridiculously good. It's not about, in my mind, it's not about one person being worse. It's maybe one person's a little better, but they're both really good players. And they're players who, if they're on their game at Capcom Cup, they can both do some damage. Mm -hmm. So, but there were a few other events besides uh, what you see on the Pro Tours. Uh, Topanga League had the close of their second stage. This was to narrow it down to the final six players. Steve, I have a question. Yes. Well, um, the okay. So this is separated into blocks X, Y, and Z, and I get that. But then one player in each block is green, and I don't. Why? Why are? Why is their name in green? There's because literally they no way we could know that from this graphic. Yeah. Well, that's when <laughs> intuition comes in. Uh, Fujimura taking it over Bonchan in. Uh, well, you're not gonna answer the question. I, I, I'm, he just called us all stupid, and he's going to move on. So apparently we're all just dumb. That's fine. Go, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, overlord, smart person, Steve. Oh so Fujimura, MOV, and Gachikun won their prospective groups. Thus, they are colored green. Uh, they will join Fudo, Gafro, and Sako. Oh. 
Okay. Uh, Steve, I have a question. That goes Japanese, and he's not in green. I did not write that. Also, that wasn't a question, but I, I don't have much intuition, so... Y'all are just killing me on this. Uh, so that is going to be <laughs> next Monday through Wednesday, uh, the final stage. That will start at 6 a.m. Eastern each day. It will be on an open rec. <laughs> so, God. Um, moving on to other things. Uh, the Fall Classic. Uh, wasn't part of any of the big circuits this year, uh, but it was still still a hell of a lot going on. Uh, Poke Chop taking Tekken 7. Doing well in Street Fighter as well. That dude that dude can play some games. Uh, but Taka taking uh, Street Fighter. No Kami. Good weekend for him picking up wins in Dragon Ball Fighters and Exert. Uh, and then also T. Ryuga taking uh, Blaze Blue. So. Do you think that Excalibur Blades is going to play Soul Calibur? <laughs> I would hope so. You know, you got to live up to the name. <laughs> I'm just timed out, John. Eh, it's deserved. Why? Um, you know why. <laughs> Moving on with this recap, Esteban. Yes. Get the show uh, on the, the road, pal. The, the final event that we're going to talk about uh, was the Red Bull Conquest. Uh, this one allegedly took place in Bo in Boston, but it might have happened at uh, U.S. Bank Field in Minneapolis. You know why? Because Buffalo came in and wrecked shop. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Football jokes. Uh, a while. Wrong crowd. Uh, yeah. A while taken Street Fighter Five. Zombie taken uh, Exerd. And Joey Fury taking Tekken. All three of those players are from the Buffalo area. They need. So, so Team Boston is going to be Team Buffalo at the uh, Red Bull Conquest Finals. So next stops are going to be at Philadelphia and Oakland uh, a week and a half from now. And cool. that is the end of the recap. Hey, thank you, Steve. That was a lovely recap. That was great. Appreciated it a lot. Uh, Marion Seifel, I feel informed. Except for the uh, Asian regional uh, standings, everything else is very clear. I, I failed you all. All right, guys. Uh, now on to the topics for the show. We are going to, just because we care uh, and we're following the story, we are going to just get a recap here on what's going on with the Infiltration Panda Global situation. We'll talk about Soul Calibur. Our boy, Alon, here in the, um, in the booth spent about, I want to say, 48 hours straight playing this game. Is that is that about accurate, Alon? No. He says no. Um, it was more than that. And uh, <laughs> we're gonna, did you all watch that new Core Gaming? I have. It was great. I you really haven't watched it? it? No. Mike, prep for the show. Um, I watched it. Steve watched it. John watched it. I think Alon watched it. You can get Mike like my not. live reaction to it. That's why I didn't we're not going to watch it all here. We're not going to do a little watch party for 15 minutes just so you can catch up so on it. You can it. get my made up opinions on it. Um, then we're going to talk about uh, a couple other things. Steve's going to give us a deep dive at some point. Uh, so why don't we go jump into it? Let's talk about what are the updates here, Steve, with uh, this Panda Global um, infiltration. Sonwoo Lee, not Park, like I said last week, like some racist, stereotypical jerk. Um, what has he said? 
Uh, he finally took to Twitter uh, to address the concerns in a statement that was in both English and Korean. He said, quote, there are many things spreading on the Internet about me recently that are not true. Please wait for my full statement with Panda Global when it is ready. Thank you. Uh, I spoke to my lawyer and she said I could say this now. So that may explain the extended silence on this uh, on his end. As for Panda Global, they came out late last week and said, uh, quote, authenticated information that is not publicly available regarding the allegations against infiltration have been attained and is undergoing certified translation. Due to the volume that must be processed, we hope to prepare it by next week. Thank you very much for your patience. So, PG taking the deep, deep dive, making sure that all the eyes are are dotted, all the T's are crossed. Uh, it's something that you got to get a hundred percent right. I agree no with you. And you would hope, what right? The decision is because if they have his back, you would hope that they would do their due diligence. Now we did talk about. We won't rehash it here. That uh, they have like a vested interest in this dude not be, being innocent, right? Not being guilty. Mm-hmm. But um, it is kind of being dragged out. It is. Um, it seems like we're being teed up for, hey, guys, this is the real story. But uh, we just kind of have to wait and see what comes out of it because, I mean, it, it better be pretty convincing, I guess. Damage, I mean, a lot of damage has been done. If you, if you look at the – if we put up the graphic of infiltration's response and you look at it, you go, okay, so if this guy's innocent, then he's going to say this. But if he's guilty, the way the whole legal dance works, he's going to say this. So, I mean, it, it's nice that we're hearing from him. As the, like, There's an acknowledgement. It feels like the whole kind of situation is moving forward. But to me, this doesn't make it look any better for him. Um, yeah, it's and, pretty and, and I'm like, I, I, I'm friends with the guy, or I have been, you know, like, I, I really, it would be great if he was, if this was just a big misunderstanding, and, and I, I don't want to see him be the bad guy, but... That said, I don't like. I, I expect this kind of a response, whether whether he's innocent or guilty. So it doesn't it doesn't yeah. forward the narrative very much for me. We'll hold that hope that he's what he's accused of being. All right. Um, anything else to add to that before we move on? It's like I said. It's no matter what the result is, you hope that that the investigation turns up either definitive proof saying yes this is this happened yes that was the order yes we're talking about the same person or definitively no it's not because i'm trying i'm trying to have i'm having trouble trying to figure out what gray area there could be Mm -hmm. you know this is one of those things where it's tough to imagine them saying yeah it's true but so yeah i mean maybe she was maybe she was smacking him around I mean, look, we're not, yeah, not, not going to stop speculating. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, it, I, I am not going to say that's impossible. Zero speculation. I, I, yeah. I, I want to say, I want to be 100% clear on this. Uh, abuse knows no gender. Sure. Uh, it, uh, yeah. So, I, so I'm not going to say it's 100% impossible, <laughs> but it would be very, very difficult in my mind for anything to justify that level of response provided the level of response that was translated is accurate. 
Okay, I'm done until they say something else. All right, so <laughs> guys, there was a uh, uh, this weekend there was a beta for Soul Calibur Six. <clears throat> it's the latest entry, yet to be released in the Soul Calibur franchise. Time of what is it? A history of swords and Elon. Hit me, hit me, hit me with some of that prologue that they bust out in the original intros. It's like, hey, look at all these people playing with swords. <laughs> That's not what they say a lot. I want that to be the new thing now. <laughs> Imagine, hey, <laughs> look at these guys the with game. swords. <laughs> so, Elon, um, seriously, that, that was not helpful. But Elon did do something quite helpful, which was sneak a ton of hours into it. He's our resident um, Tekken Soul Calibur expert. That's a shame. And, uh, I mean, uh, I tend to disagree with you on that one. That is not a shame. I'm glad that we have you, Elon, for this. And he recorded himself playing on his secret YouTube channel, but sent us the link, and here we'll have this for B-roll while we talk about it. So, uh, who did you mainly play as, and what are your impressions? Yeah, so I played Keelik on the left, because okay. that's who I played when I didn't take this game seriously. And this is the first time I've played a Soul Calibur game, like, on a serious level. Uh, there's a lot of new mechanics. Uh, I can't really speak to, like, four or five and uh, how it all pairs up to this, but uh, the two main mechanics are the reversal edge, which... We should be seeing probably in the second round in a little bit, uh, and the super or the installs and the supers. So you have a soul charge, which essentially gives your character a big buff, kind of like a V trigger, kind of like an X factor. Uh, and you have supers, which act like any other super. Uh, we've uh, seen. Time out. How do you activate the supers? So do you see at the very middle there how there's two zeros and then two bars <laughs> branching out? Yes, yes, yes. I I, I know where the meter is located. But wow. I played two matches on the beta, mm -hmm. and some scrub just kept mashing super on me, and I didn't know. I assumed it was just button presses, or is it yeah, so input? You could. The way they had it on the guide is you hit R1, or you can hit ABK, which is the horizontal slash, um, vertical slash, and kick. Yes. Uh, and, and if you hold back ABK, that's how you activate the install, the V-trigger sorts. Okay. And the other reason why that. I played uh, Keelik is because he's basically Nikali in this game. And in, 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 what way? in the last round, you'll see exactly what I mean. And here comes a super, which gives you an automatic guard impact and is unblockable. And, you know, we could talk about all that stuff. So it looks like he, he screwed you up here on this uh, round. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, but, yeah, the game was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it plays. I thought it played great. I know there were a lot of people who have played this game at trade shows and offline uh, saying that this version of the game had a little bit more lag than they were used to. Input lag? Yes. Like, even in the menus, uh, I know Eris and even Forwood uh, and a couple of other players were all claiming that it did have a lot of delay, even in the menus and in the game itself. Uh, I can't speak to that, whether it's true or not, because I've never played the game until this. Uh, but that's a thing okay. that people are worried about. And again, it might what be one you of... What do mean? Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, it might oh, just be oh. one of those things where maybe because... Uh, Bandai Namco knew that this was going to be a network test. They automatically put some delay into yeah. the game so that it could hide some of the bad connections, as it were. Which, by the way, the netcode, I thought, was great. Uh, it's very good at hiding latency. Like, I played somebody from Japan, and it felt amazing compared to what we've witnessed in that far uh, of a distance. Is, is this your ground pound? Or, oh, he actually oh, yeah, goes into Nikali. Yeah. Holy shit, this he literally Nikali. went became Nikali. Let me see that again. Yeah. Like, he looks like Nikali? Look at him, look at him. You seen that? Like yeah. Oh, yeah, I He gets that. the hair, right. he gets the tattoos or whatever. It's Nikali. Uh, what a ripoff, brah. Yeah, and for in Keelix's example, 
when he goes into the quote-unquote V-Trigger, uh, he gets a lot of combo extensions. So you see right here, that's something you can only do in V-Trigger, get that follow-up. Uh, he gets hella damage, and his super does like half health. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, the netcode is amazing. Uh, the only thing the netcode is not very good at hiding is packet drops. So if somebody's playing on Wi-Fi, it's going to be miserable for How do you know the netcode's amazing if you've never played the game offline? Because of what we're used to, right? Comparatively. How do you know? I mean, you could play the game offline and it could have three less frames of delay. It's input-based input delay netcode. Yeah, and again, It could so, feel like shit on a base level. Maybe. And you're right about that. But the way I'm gauging this is I played somebody from Europe and I played somebody from Japan, and those were the smoothest games I've played comparative to I'm game, just saying if it was games, four frames less input delay offline and we played tournaments online and then every match online was four more frames, it oh, would inherently be trash. Yeah, again, I can't speak to that because I don't know. But So I'm just saying I, I feel like it's possible to know. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is relative to the connections that I played in the U.S., and playing connections in, from from overseas, I thought the difference was still noticeable, but it was, I think, a great step forward. Um, I would have enjoyed this beta more if it included the character creation mode. That's all I really wanted to do, to be honest. It was a beta, though, and it worked. I'll give them that. That's, like, cool. Yeah. Like, it worked better than, like, and the was betas a good we're chunk used of characters to. Too, and there to was characters, with. yeah, it was a good beta. Like, I'll definitely give them that. Um, I did yeah, not get a single good match, to be honest. What do you mean? See? I didn't. They were all laggy. Oh, they were all laggy. Yeah, all. real laggy. Really? Yeah. I had like I played like two games and they felt fine. I I felt I, I'm like a nerd and if I, I don't know how to play the game I don't like playing it so I just like well I was just like if I'm not gonna get to like training mode a combo like it doesn't feel like right. Fun to fair me, enough. So fair I was, enough. But See, I recognize I that's tryhardy. I was doing? able to get uh, games in on Friday early before uh, before I got really sick. Um, I had trouble getting matches because I kept my uh, connection on four bars, but once I got matches, every everything I fe I played felt fine. You know, it it felt smooth, it felt good. You know, obviously, it, I can't compare it to offline, but it I never felt frustrated or felt like man, there's a ton of lag in this when I was playing. We made that our question of the day. Uh, we wanted to know what people thought about it, and we decided on the question of what character did you like. I believe that was the question, right, Steve? Yeah. Right, uh, let's, let's see what they got. Uh, Mr. Travis uh, went primarily with Nightmare since he was his main in SCV and reached the highest rank with him. Uh, but he had the most fun with Sophitia. Uh, Sophitia. Sophitia? Sophitia? So it's like a sopapia. <laughs> Is it my tia, Sophie? <laughs> you know what? You know what? Yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> I I am dumb. Uh, Jaeger Zero. Moving on swiftly <laughs> to unrelated topics. Uh, went with Tira because she she's much improved and was a blast to play using the new lethal hit system. She might be kind of cheap. Uh, Abel Law, Abe Laws went with. Go ahead, say the name. Say the name. So, Fatia. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because she, she was actually in this game, unlike in Soul Calibur V. Uh, Dark Hollow would have liked to play with Geralt and Ivy, uh, but because there was no PC version of the beta, and after the issues with Dragon Ball Fighters, he was extremely apprehensive of, uh, or he is extremely apprehensive about buying the game now. And then uh, Richard, whenever, 
went with Nightmare because push B to win. Now, mm -hmm. some people were annoyed that Tira was available to play, considering that she's a paywall DLC character, right? And I don't understand that. You should say, hey, now I know whether I want this character or not. Not to mention there is a history of games letting you play with the new hero for <laughs> a uh, you know a predetermined amount of time, and then it's back behind the paywall and you have to pay but for it. Like, whatever. I just people wish we'd go full paywall. The, the whole game? The whole game, but then make the game free. I just wish we'd go to that system. But, so game yeah. is free. All you can do is uh, access the menus. Rotating, or like a couple characters, like freebies. a base. Yeah, with some rotating freebies. Like just a like John. You get Ryu and Ken, and then like every week you get like two other guys. Along, are, I mean, this is That's an old topic. They did that with you, KI, etc. Do you Didn't think really there'd be the possibility of like a totally free-to-play game where like the entire ecosystem is based off of character costumes, character skins, all that. I think it could work. I think it, could... it works with the biggest game in the world right now. Yeah, I mean, that's becoming a common model. Um, it's hard to say. Like, a lot of those games are a lot easier to jump into than fighting games, and I think that's part of why it works there and not here, but, I mean, that's a whole can of worms for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, that might come up uh, as we talk about other esports games tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so cheerful about that? Uh, I was just chuckling because I had no other uh, way to seg out of that. All right, well, why don't we go to Fortnite getting a multi-platform cross-play? Why are we talking about this? Just because, oh, finally I can play Street Fighter Five with people on Xbox and PC? Well, because it's not on Xbox, you're probably going to have a hard now, time doing that. Now, is this cross-play like point, Bowser John, wearing point. the crown? Or is this like... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> don't, don't bring that shit in but no, it is exciting. It is exciting because it's like, since we had, what, like Xbox 360 and, and PS3, people were like, could we play, you know, Call of Duty with our friends that have a different console? South Park had an entire series about this of like three episodes. Like, people have been wanting uh, to be able to merge the two for, for a long time. And it's, obviously, it's, it's not made sense to the suits because they can apparently make more money this way, but it took Fortnite, and Fortnite specifically coming out on the Nintendo Switch and people realizing, hey, I can play Fortnite on the Switch, but I can't bring all my stuff over and blah, 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 blah. And there was complaints about it. And so um, I guess it was Sony, right, that made the movement to say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll extend the olive branch to the other guys and we'll, we'll let it be so that there can be cross-platform play. I don't know why I got biblical with that. But, um, <laughs> and, and it's like maybe in the future this is, this is the beginnings of, everything being crossplay eventually and then of course there are obvious implications for the fighting game community as we play online stuff all the time and 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 yeah so it could be just the beginnings of the new era it could be but here's why i say take take all of this with a heavy grain of salt how many copies did street fighter 5 sell was oh, it yeah. like uh like 25,000 2 million 2.5 2 million, 2 let's bump it up to 3 to be generous how many Fort? How many users does Fortnite have? All, I mean, of, all of them. There are probably yeah. individual like cartoon skirts in Fortnite that have made more uh, money than Street Fighter. A hundred and twenty-five million users. Yeah, it's a lot of them. One and they're all kids. Fraction. One fraction of a Fortnite is worth so many Street Fighters. It's not even funny. So. I, it, there's a reason that Sony is extending the olive branch here. Exactly. Not necessarily to 
uh, a very relatively niche genre like fighting games. But so, if you open the floodgates, the, the the dream is that maybe it opens for Fortnite, but it stays open for everybody else. That's kind of our shot, our chance. I, I, I hope it happens. I'm not holding my breath, and not just because I'm fat. <laughs> this is the reason why weeklies are dying around the country. Because you guys want to play your damn cross-platforms. Get out your house, find your local scene, and play IRL. And ask the tough questions about lag on an offline setting. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you guys want to jump onto that? Uh, is there more you want to say about how Fortnite is so cool, Steve, it's your favorite game, and you want to get a, your piece of that $100 million prize pool for the tournament season? Oh, my God. I completely forgot about that. Uh, yeah, we're a Fortnite show. So. <laughs> <laughs> How many bits do we get if Steve does the Orange Justice dance? Well, let's I don't see the even bits. know what that is. <laughs> How many bits do we get if Steve shows the bits? Let uh, oh, <laughs> I don't want to see Steve's bits again. Um, <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah, Super there would Arcade. There to be a first time for there to be an again. I, I, I don't see this on here on the uh, rundown, Steve, so I'm very disappointed, but Super Arcade is basically... Lon, you're the one that gives the TLDR, right? Uh, yeah. I read it if you guys want. Yeah, there is a big old blog post about it. And he was basically saying, I hate all you guys. I could be making so much more money, but instead I'm a slave to you and your stupid whims, and this community hates me. Was that what it, was, that what it was, John? I mean, I don't know when the last time Mike Watson put out a blog post that was very... that I remember walking away from it and feeling uplifted, like things were going well. <laughs> Maybe with the exception of, hey, Super Arcade's finally open, and that was that was really good. But um, essentially, the way Super Arcade, as, as I've seen in videos and in the blog posts, is set up, there's the main arcade with all of the, the, you know, the cabinets and everything, and then there's a space in the back where there's plenty of room for uh, console setups, PCs, things like that. And he says that uh, essentially the weeklies that they've been having have been dwindling and that the arcade's doing fine, but it's not making money. It's kind of just breaking even. And and Watson's like, I, I've I've put too much into this. I've lost too much over these last couple of years, emotionally and and socially and and, and in every avenue. Lost forty pounds or something like that. No, and, he said he gained um, weight. I think. No, I think he said he lost forty pounds. It, well, he lost forty pounds and then he gained it back. Oh, good for him. <laughs> um, unless he's trying to drop and that's that. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> what I'm saying is. Uh, he's he's not happy with the attendance, and he's not saying like screw you guys if you're not going to come. He's just saying if if that's the way it is, then I'm not going to continue to lose profit because I'm going to make a space for the for the fighting game community and, and things like that. So um, that's basically the situation, and and it really does expand out. I don't know if you guys go to regular weekly events or go to regular weekly events anymore or anything that depends. like that. Is there a Street Fighter Four? <laughs> right. Um, I will say that in my own local community, it has felt like Street Fighter V and, and fighting game events in general have kind of fallen off. I know we have regular anime meetups, I think, monthly, but um, we, we certainly have had a slowdown here in Arizona for how many events and how many tournaments pop up and how often people go out to those. And I thought that that was just something that was kind of happening here, but apparently it's happening even in places like SoCal. Now, I don't know if that's true for for wednesday night fights I, I know that wednesday night fights just extended up to norcal and, and they seem to be doing great and such but there is the sentiment right now that fighting games are seeing dwindling numbers when it comes to weekly and monthly events 
um, uh, across the nation. And that might be more online play. That might be just a less people are interested in them. Maybe there's just a, a certain lull going on right now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you guys are experiencing it either. And, we and definitely chat, are. Guys... Yeah, it's called Street Fighter Five. No, it's well, definitely not. Street Fighter Four had the same problem towards the end. By a long shot. When was the last time you went to a local Street ever? Fighter Four? Rambats <laughs> back in the day. I mean, a lot of it's like the death of the regional happened. I mean, here's the thing. You can go on eventhubs.com, and you should, right? And check a we you can check a major result. You can come here. There's like multiple gigantic majors every week. Suddenly going to your local, going to your regional doesn't feel like it matters anymore to a lot of people. And so they don't. They feel like they can do something next week or they feel like they should just go to the big event instead. Well, let me let me ask you this then. Does that mean, um, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing, but it's it's the first place that my mind goes when you when you present it like that. Does that mean that people aren't playing for the love of playing? They're playing because they want to win the big thing, or they want to, like, because I mean, purely speaking, you would have a fighting game that you play because you like playing the game, and it doesn't matter who shows up to the arcade. If somebody else sits down next to you and plays with you, you're happy, right? But like, if, if what you're saying there is true, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, it sounds like people are only going to be playing if their weekly or something has more, I don't know, umph to it. And yeah. with there being so many majors, and you're right, there's like, there's a premiere every other weekend, and sometimes multiple premieres and, and multiple rankings and non-Capcom Pro Tours, and it's just like there's, a, there's definitely a surplus or a surge, at least, of majors. Does that really take away from the weeklies? And if so, why? I think it does. I, mean, I think it's made it hard for people to charge venue fees and like make people want to come. I mean, I remember when I moved here and started playing Marvel 3, there were, you know, monthly or bi-monthly events in Dallas that people from all over Texas would drive to and play and there'd be 100 people and they'd play. And the winner of that mattered in Texas for a while. Like it was like, "Oh, that guy's the best." And like there was like, you know, five or six big majors across the country that mattered. And like they were kind of Oh, most people aren't going to be able to travel to that. That's for the pros. That's for these guys. That's for the people in that region, et cetera. So they weren't as big a deal. Now, the guy who wins a ranking event doesn't even matter the next week. And that's mm -hmm. way bigger deal than that small Texas regional was back then. It's just the scale of things has grown 100 times in a couple years. And it's really kind of like brought things out of whack. And so the people who still go to weeklies are the people who do care and their sole motivation is playing the game and getting better and playing with their friends. But the people who had any sort of extrinsic need are kind of fading out. In our chat, yeah. Analog Sandwich, who says that he runs locals and he sees them shrinking, <clears throat> says the, the reason being, in his opinion, people are saying they're burning out and not fun anymore. Same people, no growth. People bored playing the same people. Good players are bored uh, blowing the same people up. The lesser players won't put in the work to get better. It's just like, I mean, I remember when I got here, like, being the best. Like, people would say things like, I'm the best X character in Texas. And that felt like it that. meant something back then. Now saying you're the best in Texas doesn't mean anything. You know, like, let alone the best player of X characters. Saying you're the best player of anything. Like, the best player in the world changes every week, and you know exactly who it is. It's just those kind of things... They're, they're, the, the goal you have to reach at this point to be notable to yourself is so much higher that I think a lot of people can't even drive towards it anymore. You don't and maybe think... that's like an issue with human you know, philosophy, 
But I think it changes things for a lot of people. There was the the 09 renaissance, and that core group, granted there's been new blood every year, right, and especially with Five as well, that core group kind of grew up and got tired of it. Like, yeah, like that shit was really cool late years ago. I think that is also part of it, yeah. I think you have a lot of holdover from that era who is starting to, like, we're going to need a new Street Fighter Four esque revival at some point if things are going to keep going. Now, let me ask you a second question here to that. And it's almost in line with what you just said. But um, saying you were the best Akuma in Texas, say that's forward, that used to mean something, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, is it? Because of the game Street Fighter Five, that that's not as relevant. No, anymore? I don't think it's the game at all. You don't think in any way? I don't think it has that, any, that game is no, not as. No, I don't definitive. think it has. No, I don't think it has a thing to do with the game. Not even a little bit. No, I mean you're clearly saying you think it does. Right, and I'm and I'm asking you to defend why not. Just for the I, sake I, of argument. I said it. I think it's because the scale of things has gotten so much higher. Like you can say you're the best Akuma in Texas, but then like you can look online and all the best Akumas play there. And you're like, wow, that guy's clearly way fucking better than our Akuma in Texas. Okay. There was a point where we could, you know, delude ourselves into thinking, oh, you know, forward could maybe deal with those Japanese players. We had no idea. There was no way to prove it. And so in our head, we were all striving towards, you know, maybe he can beat them. And then he played them once a year and we could lie to ourselves and say, oh, it was close. You know, he could beat them next year. Now we know our players or, you know, not this doesn't obviously apply. There are good Texas players, good players everywhere. But it's a lot easier to be able to see the truth for what it is. And so and we've come it's, to terms it's with that demotivating no for people care. who care about that. Okay. And you a lot know, of us I, don't. The people who are on this show don't care about that, right? We, we, we play for the sake of playing. We play to get better. But a lot of people do function on that wavelength. I'll give an example here. Um, Arizona used to be... So, so I started in Arizona, as you guys know, went to SoCal and then would either come back periodically and then eventually came back completely. And when, um, you know, when I would come back, people like, like Mark Teddy blew up, right, as a guy player. We had a resident guy player. He was just yeah. fine. Was not on Mark Teddy's level. Never was. Um, but Arizona's like, our guy player is better than Mark Teddy. That guy's trash, right? <laughs> and that was, that was the, um, the basic idea. Like we, like Donka was saying, I could apply that directly to my scene. And it was fun, they were all right? saying, yeah. we have the best. And like, if we could just get out there, we would show people. And again, we had Latif do his thing in 2013 where he got second in Evo. So that, that definitely, you know, bolstered it up. But I think that that still reigns true for, for most, if not all, smaller communities. Um, flash forward to now, Arizona really isn't doing too much, although they had a really good performance. I think it was at SCR um, or maybe the tournament before that. But uh, there was a lot of good placings there. But still, the general sentiment is Arizona sucks now, at least at Street Fighter V. It's like that's in, in our like Facebook groups and things like that. It's like Arizona, comparatively speaking, sucks. And that tells me that, generally speaking, we're looking at the whole of the FGC and we're looking at it with a, a clear set of lenses and seeing like, yeah, no one here is going to beat Tokido. No one here is going to beat so-and-so. We're drastically behind them, and our best player we don't even necessarily believe in, that kind of a thing. Um, and so everything that Donka was just saying, it, it kind of rings true in at least the example here. I can definitely see parallels from and that. And the truth well, is you're probably better than you ever were. Even though it feels like you're worse, I mean, you beat M. Lizard, like, as you said, other people have beaten other people. Like, the, the, the actual levels between the scenes are closer than they ever were in history. It's just mm -hmm. that now we have a clear differentiation this that we can make. This is depressing, and this is lame. See, and you have see, to, I, do you have to be a Mena who, like, 
hasn't been beat up by life to still have, have like a big, I, I can do it. And have that spirit I and go out there and do did. it. I don't think people should care that much, but they do. Oh, That's just what I'm saying. But if they don't that... care, then that doesn't infect the rest of the FTC. And then, like, the caring has a ripple effect. It does, and I'm saying that's happened. Like, I'm, I'm saying it's not all roses. Or the, the lack of caring as well has had the ripple effect. And I think Tekken is having the opposite thing happen, where people are like, oh, wow, like, there's a come up of Tekken, and, like, everyone feels new, and they feel like they don't care if they win or lose. So like they're like, oh, I'm learning something so new. They've given themselves this allowance to lose, and it's See, here, it frees them. We have we have a sub on some. Uh, I believe it's on some hero. Is that one right? One time. One time one hero live. One time hero. People need a reason to lose. Otherwise, they get mad. See, I I don't think that entire thing is going away, because uh, right after Red Bull Conquest or right at Red Bull Conquest, you know, Mojo and a few other the Minnesota guys were talking about uh, taking a road trip out to Chicago for a monthly. But the other thing that comes into play is that they could go to a Chicago monthly. They could have gone to uh, an event in Wisconsin. They could have gone to a regional event in North Dakota or in Iowa. There are so many tournaments and events now that didn't even exist four yes. or five years ago that it's, you know, there's, there is overall more growth in the scene, but that growth, but the growth of tournaments, of events, of venues, of monthlies grew faster than that. So even though there's, there's more people playing now, they're just spread out thinner, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think it's not like this isn't a necessity of the scene getting bigger. And in fact, it's quite the opposite. Obviously, when you're in Little League Baseball, you're not mad because you're not as good as, you know, a pro baseball player. You're not even aspiring for that yet. I think in the FGC, we feel very close to these people because we get to play them when we want to. And so people base themselves on people way better than them too easily. And people are, like, scared to lose and they... They, they just, in general, aren't allowing themselves to have fun with it the same way as they used to. I, I do think that there's some credence to the argument that Street Fighter V has... It's brought new people in, for sure. And, and the numbers at places like Evo are still very high for Street Fighter V. Um, but I, there have been plenty of at least older crew from, from previous games that say, yeah, I'll play it. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna set aside my Saturday to play it. So when you're having your weekly event or your monthly event on Saturday, well, I'm gonna go do something else because, sure, I'll do it if there's nothing else going on. Um, and and then also you have to entertain the idea that it's like, well, in this game, it also feels more so than in previous Street Fighters, like anybody can win on any given Sunday. That was one of the things Mike Ross said. He's like, yeah, Tokido's the best. Well, actually, it's any given Sunday is is essentially what he said. And, and it's, so it's like, that shouldn't that be inspiring for some people to say, I could, maybe I'm not as good as Tokido, but hey, he lost to, to two people at SCR and went out at 49. One of those people could be me. Why not? And so why don't I go and, and see if I can't headhunt at the very least? Like, I, I think that you could use five in, in both directions to say that it would both inspire and demoralize people from doing weeklies and practicing. Yeah. May I raise a counterpoint? So no, um, Steve. <laughs> so just kidding, go ahead. Uh, no, you're not. That's okay. Uh, so going back to how Donka, how you don't think it's Street Fighter Five. A lot of people have been saying, and even in the in um, Watson's post itself, he's saying that Tekken is the one that's doing the best right now. They're getting consistently like thirty to forty people. Even here mm -hmm. at Arcade UFO, the last time I went there, there were people traveling from San Antonio coming yeah. up to play. So. 
do you think it's just because Tekken is still a relatively new and hot game? And I know, I know. I think last time we were we were having this discussion, you said something to the something to the terms of like, oh, it'll peter out in the near future. Um, the vibe that I get from the last time I went to the Street Fighter Five Weekly and the last time I went to the Tekken Weekly are completely different. Where yeah, yeah, there it, are different phases of their growth and their decline. Exactly, and much like how. Uh, how you you guys were comparing top players and everything in Tekken, it's very much the same way, but I don't think people are comparing themselves to that top echelon on the yeah. local level. I think, well, I think I part think of it's because Tekken's that... hard and new, and it's a different game. And so a lot of people are like, literally coming into a 3D game from a 2D game, you have an advantage from not being a fighting game player, maybe, arguably, but it's not a lot. I mean, it's like, they're so different that they're almost different genres. And I think people are, like, just going into it with very fresh eyes. I think Tekken's cool. I like watching it and all that. I'm just saying that I literally think they're having, like, 3D games are having their renaissance. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the 2D game renaissance is, is over and, like, needs a new one at some point. Yeah, so is this mm -hmm. all attributed to the fact that we have access to more information faster? But that's, like, already been the case for a while, though, hasn't it? Yeah, that's what I was but thinking, it's, too. It's, like, accelerated now. Like, like I was talking about, you know, a couple weeks ago when mm -hmm. people were trying to write off Serpentaurus. It there are so many tools at people's disposal that it's that it's easier to get good, but it's also easier to compare yourself to that that top level, that upper echelon. Like, holy shit, I can do, you know, am I as good as Knee? You can you can uh, watch a Knee video right right there and say no no i'm not as good as me <laughs> that's okay because no one's as good as me hey but uh you know all this conversation really ties into uh feeling the desire to be a part of a community in fact um and it just so happens that our boy gerald over at Corey gaming put out a badass new video it'd been too long i was ready to be fed and we got a big old honking meal out of this uh recent video and uh, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out um, you definitely should. It was wild. It was, it's a wild <laughs> video, man. He threw a lot in there. I'm, I'm, I have it here. I'll play it, but obviously with no audio so that you go back and uh, enjoy it on your own time. Um, but yeah, again, he's talking about the importance of a community and the concentric circles surrounding the core group Illuminati that everybody wants to be a part of. And I mean, he really, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, but it's a fascinating video. Uh, a lot of interesting discussion. Uh, there was one part, if you haven't seen it, but the, the part that really spoke to me because it was like, I kind of felt like, damn, that's me. He basically says, like, well, you, there, there's a desire to be uh, accepted by the inner echelons here, or the inner circles. And if you can't do it by playing the game at a high level, you strive to make contributions um, Via other manners, like creating content or, you know, say, putting on a weekly FGC talk show. That is um, totally me. That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> so so that's just a really interesting piece, and I, I recommend people go check it out. And, uh, I mean, it's, again, it's just it's just kind of interesting. He's, he throws in some philosophy. He throws in some uh, sociology. He throws in all kinds of shit. Um, did you guys watch this, and what did you think? And shout-out to Gerald, because he puts out good work. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I watched it last night, and you said in the Facebook chat, man, this is this is a wild video. Like, okay, that can't be. It went on, like, 
15, 20 different directions that I did not expect it to go uh, that all made sense. It all really made sense. And it's it's a really wide ranging topic about and it gets into why we have gatekeepers and, and and how what purpose they serve and where do we strike that balance between being welcoming and just letting anyone in and, and change the direction. It, it, I highly recommend you check it out. I liked the, uh, and I only watched it once um, and not super in depth. Like, um, so I, I don't want to try to quote too much out of it, but the idea that um, it was some, you know, billionaire that he's like, they have all the money in the world, social status. They're, they're in the top echelons and everything, but they still can't go and get one of those Evo trophies. Mm -hmm. There's a significance to you being able to, like, sure, it's accessible. Anyone can go to Evo and whatnot, but only eight people are going to get that trophy from the, um, or, I mean, not even eight, but, you know, only a very select few are going to be able to get that, and there's a, a special significance in it. Um, and, and so it, the the video is filled with, with things like that that try to explain the why of the allure of certain types of groups and, and like the different circles that a group might, you know, include and, and the significance of getting into each one of those. And um, it's definitely a thinking man's video. And, uh, but yeah, a, a absolute recommendation. Must watch. Yeah, I'm going to put it in the chat in case anybody's wondering. Um, and just a little bit of background here. If you don't know what Core Gaming is, uh, it's basically a video channel where uh, there's been a ton of content on there. Side note, I was just looking at, well, I'm not going to go down that route. Um, basically, Gerald puts on these badass video essays. And they're about the FGC. A lot of cool topics. I just put the link in the chat. Um, you should check it out. Yeah, uh, I just want to add one more point. I think the craziest thing that he did, and it's the most genius thing, is that he compared the FGC to one of the basic human needs, and that's like the need of belonging, right? Yeah. I don't know if it was in this video or if it was just. It's like, in this one, like Maslow's hierarchy. Of, you know. Yeah, but I don't know if this was specifically said in this video or if this is something I saw somewhere else where. Uh, one of the one of the greatest causes of like health issues is loneliness mm -hmm. right yep. so finding that belonging or that place where you belong where everybody's striving towards a common goal and in the fgc i think we're all striving to get better as fighting game players or some of us are striving to remain the best as it were so mm -hmm. uh gathering with a group of people mm -hmm. all trying to achieve the same goal is kind of the definition of belonging and that's a basic human need so that's one of those things where and, I had never thought of DFGC in that way, but it's absolutely right. And as Mike has illuminated, um, a lot of us are now willing to just stay on that outer circle. At least we all have yeah. the same common interest. We're not all trying to be number one anymore. Right. We're just all trying to have fun with fighting games. Maybe not get better, but you know, yeah. we're all trying to have fun via this same vehicle. Yeah, and I mean, if we weren't having fun, we wouldn't be doing this, right? I know I certainly right. wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you I can pay better on, right? You sit your ass right there. I do it for the Actually, tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. <laughs> I do it for the tens of cents. That we get paid from our um, bits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Speaking of bits, guys, you know, whenever you're ready to throw some more away, uh, it's not just uh, Steve's bits that I'm interested in. Yeah, so and also, know. just to let you guys know... And also, just to let you guys know, the month has lapsed, so if you have that Twitch Prime sub that's unused, you might as well use it here. You're going to forget it later. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, true. Elon, Don't let it go to waste. Elon's um, bringing up a really interesting point there. <laughs> 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 Hey guys, um, Cuddlecore got signed by Equinox. Steve? Yes, she did. Uh, Cuddlecore, uh, 
you know, Equinox is making some moves. They picked up Joey Fury. They picked up uh, Dimeback. And now they added Colacore, who, if you'll remember, made top eight at Combo Breaker last year. Uh, this year, when it was part of the Tekken World Tour, had a bunch of killers, you know, a, a much deeper talent pool than than that than uh, the 2017 event. Wait, that's the wrong video, dude. You're, you're playing the wrong video. I don't have it. You were supposed to have downloaded it. You downloaded it. You said you were getting it. What video was that? That was still from the day. Oh, that was the Corey. Yeah, he fucking. This is looking crazy already. I watched it. So the Harvey Weinstein throw in. Yeah, slash Goomba underneath. Um, wrong video. Steve, so, oh, that was the Goomba from the Super Mario Brothers movie, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. it was. That's actually who he is. Shall I download this video? All right. Here All we right. go. Incoming. So, as I was saying, Cuddlecore, <laughs> top oh, no. eight at Combo Breaker 2017. One game away from making top eight at Combo Breaker this year. And then had that ridiculous run at uh, E-League where she owned Anakin's soul. Uh, so, pretty strong pickup for that team. You can expect her to see. You hope she's able to make it out to more events because she hasn't really been able to travel. But, you know, a good pickup for them. Congratulations to her and congratulations to the team. Yeah, awesome. Anything else you want to add to that? I mean, Tekken scene is... Great. Uh, I can. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can jump into that uh, the Tekken World Tour stuff. I'd be thrilled. On that race. Uh, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, there are four events left: two master events, two challenger events. That's it. So the yeah, if if you look at the standings, what you see now is going to be pretty similar to what you are going to see towards the end. Uh, there is still room for changes. Uh, this weekend is a big one because it is one of those two master events, uh, TXT down in Columbia. Uh, there aren't... I The only Korean player that I saw confirmed was Dimeback. So he is... Yeah, let's take a look at that. Look at, like... 18 through 23 where uh, eight, top 19 get in Super Kuma and Take are tied for that last spot at 405 dying back all the way back at 315 so 90 points out in order to make that gap up at a master event he's got to get top four you know so if he doesn't do that this weekend then there's you're running out of time. There's one event left in each region. Uh, Europe's got a, a ranking event, or excuse me, a challenger event. So guys like uh, Toko, who won three events, number 21, you know, three events, or he won two events, excuse me. He needs to win to get in. He needs to get a third one. Oh, a second place finish at Berlin is not going to be enough. Uh, someone like Speed Kicks, he needs to win a Canada Cup because that's just a ranking or a, a, a challenger event, and getting second there is not enough. Uh, someone like Kanan Trench, who was right there, and Asim as well, those two UK guys who were 
right on the edge of qualifying for the longest time, fell off, and they're pretty much done and dusted because there's only one event left in Europe, and it's only 150 points to the winner. Um, if you're wondering why they dropped off so hard, uh, let's look at what the bubble did during the uh, during the Challenger uh, or during the online events. If you can pull that graphic up, uh, that TWT bubble should be that. Yep, because I mean, you. I was talking with uh, Pete SS, who does a lot of tracking for TWT as well. Uh, and we were talking about like a worst case scenario for people trying to qualify where pretty much everyone around the bubble got points. And that's pretty much what happened. Uh, Joey Fury was the guy closest to the bubble in North America East. He won uh, book. The only person in the Southeast Asia race who could, in, who could get into qualifying. He won. Toko, the only person in Europe East who could make an impact on that race. He won. Fergus, the guy who was right on the bubble in Europe, in Europe East, or Europe West, excuse me. He won. Uh, Nobi, the guy outside of speed kicks in East Asia who needed the points the most. He won. So if you weren't getting first, second place points in these online events, you were losing ground. And that's why you have such a separation uh, between between 19th and 24th. So really, like guys like Peeling, Peeling is going to uh, TXT this weekend. If he doesn't do well, he's almost assuredly out. He needs to be within 150 points to have a chance. So the, it, it's pretty much get within striking distance now or it's, it's almost late. So what are your takeaways? Takeaways are I don't expect a whole lot of movement to get in. You, 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 there's room for maybe one or two players on that outside ring, like 20th through 24th to make a move. But time is quickly running out who's the best player in Tekken in the world right now uh you gotta go knee you know he's reached grand final every single twt event he's entered uh there's only he's i think it's either two or three events where his worst performance of the year is second uh who's the best texas Tekken player <laughs> i actually don't know <laughs> No, no, I'm asking. I'm asking Steve. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear. It I might be Alon. No, it's, is it Homeboy? Uh, what's the name of the blue contact for anime? No, not anymore. I mean, it doesn't matter who the best. Yeah, right. Oh <laughs> my forward, god, forward did take second at uh, Dreamhack Austin. Maybe it's forward. I don't think it's. Yeah, he is. Yeah, there is a there is a guy by the name of Ricky who just does random select and still almost wins every weekly. Hey guys, uh, Skullgirl's getting a minor PC update. Fighting EX later is coming to PC. Skullomania, this is the one you've been waiting for, Steve, I know. Skullomania is coming to SNK Heroines. Um, do a quick block grab. What are you block grabbing? You're about to find out. <laughs> oh no, this is one of those impromptu block grabs. What? <laughs> no, that's not the block grab. Yeah, no, grab, grab Skullomania. <laughs> Um, block or grab on Capcom Connect. Oh, God. 
Really? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Mike. <laughs> Steve, block a grab on Capcom Connect. Uh, grab, you know. It's it's going to take a while for, you know, you, you look back to the first episode that I'm on, and I'm just this little, I, I'm sitting there all demurely, like, trying to raise my hand when I got to say something. Like, like, excuse me, can I make a point? And then being all incredibly confident that I was just making the show worse, which I still am, but, you know, I, I, I've learned to deal with that now. So it takes time for chemistry to build. It takes time for things to get together. You know, whatever, whatever issues were on there with the first episode, they'll... It, it will it will work out. So I think people are still kind of mad that it's not Capcom Pro Talk. What was the thing you most hated about it? I didn't. <laughs> Just kidding, dude. I, I, kidding, I hated the fact <laughs> that it started at ten. Yeah. And I'm not. You know, I'm the oldest guy here, so I was in bed by ten thirty. Nice. So, yeah. I, um, I stayed up to watch it. Uh, John, how was block, it? Block or grab on Capcom Connect. I. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I also didn't watch it. So I didn't. Um, but, um, but I will say that um, I do hope that ultimately it works because I think that what's good there is good for the FGC, or at least for the Street Fighter community. I think that they have one big challenge based on that first episode that I saw is that they need to be very careful not for it not to feel like a commercial, right? And granted, it's a Capcom-branded Capcom show they you know they they probably won't ever talk shit about the game um like maybe we have the freedom to um they'll also and you know they pretty much they didn't do a block grab but they talked about all the um dlc costumes which we do on this show but if i may be so bold as to say that when we do it we're giving our genuine opinions and over there everybody was just like talking about how cool this it is so, good so, because so then again so so i return to that point they just need to be careful to make it feel more genuine which, this is the ultimate indictment yeah, on the show. Yeah, I think show. it's a mistake to do any sort of rating system on a show. <laughs> well, uh, and again, this is the ultimate hurdle for them, is that when you would watch Capcom Pro Talk, it felt, in my opinion, more genuine, more charismatic, based on what I saw in that first episode. So it's a big challenge. Uh, there is that comparison to what was there before, and that's the biggest hurdle. That being said... I think that they put together a good program with a lot of interesting segments and a lot of potential, and it was cool to, to see Snake Eyes and LPN there, and I wish them luck. Fuck. Well, and it's a first episode. It's yeah. a first episode. Give it time. Uh, I, okay, I will do that. Efren, block grab Ultra Chen. Grab. going to grab because they're coming Why up next. That? Yeah, and speaking of which, um, coming up next is Ultra Chen, and they will be talking about their Soul Calibur 6 demo impressions. Quote, from a total noob Ultra David and a special guest, longtime Soul Calibur player Floji-san. He really has been, yes. And they'll be discussing highs from the weekend tournaments, etc. Ilan, did you have something to say about Capcom Connect? Oh, I did. Uh, so one of the things I did like a lot is the fact that they were highlighting community involvement, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they were highlighting cosplays that they saw. They were highlighting fan art. Um... And I do appreciate the fact that they were trying to get guests and stuff. And, yeah, the hosting was a little bit dry, but I think I saw a tweet by Bizarro Mike talking about how nervous he was. Sure. And it's hard yeah. not to get nervous, especially if it's your first, first time. And if you go back and watch I the never first get episode. Nervous. Well, not you, bro. You're a natural. But if you go back and look at our first episode <laughs> ever, <laughs> how awful was that first episode? I thought it was the best one ever. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because I wore uh, my nice shoes and a coat and everything? Like I dressed what up real esports. 
Who was, was it? It was, was me, that Ray, and Efren, and I really don't even remember what we were talking about. You're dressed about the same. Um, we pretty quickly don't, don't, got don't it was it was a fast evolution. Our first guest, do you remember who it was? It was Brandon, right? Was it? Okay, who was our second guest? That same episode potentially. Pierre Balrog. Panda? Oh, we had Pierre Balrog right there, like right yeah. near the beginning though. Yeah. All right. Um that brings us to the end of the show. Oh, I I I, I, I meant to say that there was still a little girls. bit more for uh, Steve to say. That's what I meant to say. I just wanted to mention Skullgirls because it gets into my favorite petty bit of lore in fighting game creation history. Uh, Skullgirls uh, is getting another update. Uh, it's a minor one uh, that allows PC players to add one frame of link of uh, lag to their inputs to match PS4. The input of that is minus ascend higher. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, back when uh, in the heat of the eight frame days, eight frames of lag days for Street Fighter V, uh, they had just patched a, a little faster, but uh, Combo Feed came out and said, we're, we, we're not going to patch it out any further. And that had Mike Z feeling a certain kind of way. So he added that ascend higher uh, patch to uh, to Skullgirls, you know, being a play on Rise Up, where it met, where it boosted the lag up to like six point five to match Street Fighter Five, so so that they could feel the difference, and that was super petty, but I absolutely loved it. Thank you for that bit of lore um, for Skullgirls. Based on what you just told me, I'm gonna go play the game. I'm gonna get it. It's a good game. Reinvigorated. I'm really and based on that there's more lag, I'm going to go. Uh, any final thoughts? It's Steve, John, Elon, Mike, so we can wrap this show up. Go watch Ultra mm -hmm. and then Capcom Connect after that. Definitely. Um, Steve? Thanos? There's a purple hue on your face right it now. It looks so purple. <laughs> uh, John? I can't Thanos. Do you have any more um, Also, I'm injuries? very disappointed in our fan base. We received zero Steve Zero Steve man. Uh, not, not a one. with our fan base. Every artist in this chat who didn't send that owes us um, a Twitch Prime set. Chunk costumes. Yeah, a chunk costume. You owe me a chunk costume. Elon, uh, thank you for your final thoughts. Uh, thanks for giving me the final thoughts. Love you, You've been Bye. watching Best of Five. It's a weekly FGC talk show brought to you by us. We'll be here again next week. Bye.